Did you know that BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention? Hi, welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness. My name is Dana Shergel, and I am a sexual wellness instructor that dives deep into all things kinky. I'm here to show why kinky sexual wellness deserves a rightful spot within the wellness conversation. So let's talk about it. Hey, and welcome back. As promised, today's episode is all about my experience at the Erotic Edge Expanded event hosted in Delhi by a group called the Kinky Collective. The event was held at Akshara Theatre, which is a cute little intimate theatre downtown Delhi, and the festival was packed with documentaries, adult cinema, experimental, short films, discussions, and two educational classes that were hosted by a woman named Asila of the Asillary Kink Support. There seemed to be a variety of people that attended, ranging from sex educators, therapists, college students, vendors, and coaches. Overall, the weekend was pretty easygoing because there was close to 30 movies that were featured, but we didn't need to stay for every film and dropped in and out as we pleased. And how the days were set up was we would either watch a full feature film, then talk about it, or we would watch two to three shorter films, then talk about it. With breaks in between and one class on both Saturday and Sunday. But because the event was focused around film, I'm going to start with them, then to what the classes were about. So to start, there were films with sex in them, and then there were films that were just sex. And the films that were just sex kind of left me feeling like it was more of a porn video than an erotic art film. Although this is up for debate depending on your preference and what you consider art. But for me, there was one short film where this woman goes into a garage and says her car is leaking. And as the mechanic is taking a look at the car, the woman grows impatient and basically throws herself at the mechanic and was like, no, you're not getting it leading them to have sex all around the garage. And it ends with her just leaving with the car, of course, not being looked at at all. And the entire time I was watching this, I couldn't help remember something I saw on Instagram where it was some influencer. I I think it was almost adulting podcast, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyways, it was some host of some podcast complaining how her pet peeve in porn videos is that the mechanic or the service person never actually fixes the thing that needs to get fixed. And this video was the epitome of that statement. I think the film was trying to take a page from heterosexual pornography or at least reference it. But in my opinion, regardless of who's fucking, this movie didn't have a storyline and I found that it was just an excuse to shoot sex scenes in a garage. And the other films that were like this or ones that resembled more on the porn side don't really sit high on the films that I enjoyed watching. But hey, this is just my opinion. This is just my opinion. If you liked it, then you liked it. That's awesome. But this might have to do with the fact that I can count on my fingers and my toes how many times I've actually watched porn in the last few years. But other than the pure adult films, there were some really good ones that showcased a deeper meaning to sex and all things kinky that did resonate with me. Or at least they made me feel, question, or view something entirely differently. For instance, there was a feature film called Vivant, which is a French movie about the struggles people with disabilities go through regarding pleasure and intimacy. 
in this film, there's two storylines going on. So the first one focuses around a couple whose relationship is deteriorating because one of the women gets hit by a car, which leaves her paralyzed on one side of her body. This makes her hate her body, view her partner as a caretaker, and puts her in a headspace where she thinks she can't give or receive pleasure again. The second storyline follows a woman who's chosen a career in not only providing pleasure to those with disabilities, but also teaches them how to re-love their bodies and how they can still obtain and give pleasure for themselves and their partner. I found that this was done quite beautifully throughout the film, and although this film is quite sad overall, it does end on a happier note of her accepting her body as it is, realizing that she can still give and receive pleasure, and learning to work with her body through her healing journey rather than trying to run away from it. But this film was far from being the saddest film showcased. In my opinion, one of the saddest films that I saw there was a specific documentary called Saint and Horror. And this documentary follows the story of a husband who's leading a double life and how the wife is just not handling it well at all. Basically, the husband has a separate life as a woman who sleeps with other men at a local sex club. And the wife, although she's allowing it to some degree, is just not accepting this. And together they have two children, and it seems that they are married for them. But throughout the entire film, the the wife shares how this strain between her and her husband has made her question her looks, her body, her worth. And in the movie, she asks her husband to try to be monogamous with her and work on their marriage, but it's clear he just doesn't want to do that, right? So the whole thing is just really sad, and the movie doesn't really end with any resolution, But what's even more sad is after the film ended, we were told that indeed their marriage did end and that the husband went off to marry another woman and had more children just to live a double life again behind that woman's back. Oof. Look, you can do whatever you want. Seriously, your call. But as soon as it becomes unethical, I'm out. You know, to put it lightly, it sucks that this man couldn't just figure out what he wanted on his own and that he had to do the same bullshit to another woman and even more kids. But this wasn't the first film that they showcased about a middle-aged man doing something to his wife, which brings me to the next film. The next film I want to talk to you about is a film called House for Sale, and it is a Montreal film about another man cheating on his wife, except this wife knows nothing about it. So the film jumps back and forth between two timelines. And in short, the film is about a husband who's having an affair with another man. And he's telling that man that he's going to tell his wife in September that he's going to leave her because they have had this affair going on for about a year and the man doesn't want to be hidden anymore. But what actually happens is the house goes up for sale and the man that the husband has been cheating on his wife with goes to visit the house acting as a buyer and ends up getting a tour from his wife. There's some dialogue that goes back and forth where the wife asks when he's planning to move in which he replies with September. To which the wife responds with, oh perfect, that's when we're moving, the moving truck's already booked. So it's clear that there's something else going on. However, throughout the entire film as well, there's this inner dialogue voiced over whether or not the guy is going to tell the wife or not. But he ends up not saying anything. 
So as he begins to leave the house um, after the tour is done, the husband pulls up in the driveway and gets visibly upset when he sees both of them standing there. And of course, the wife is confused. And I would say she was frustrated that he wasn't getting out of the car. And she says in this very stern voice, Daniel, to get him out, right? Because that's his name. But it's clear that Daniel interprets this wrong because once he gets out of the car, he immediately just starts self-disclosing that it was nothing and he was going to break it up with him and yada, 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 yada. To which the other gentleman leans in and says, I didn't say anything, Danny. And the movie ends with the wife putting the pieces together, running back into the house, locking the door, leaving Daniel in the driveway, and the other guy just simply walking away, right? I guess you could say that's poetic justice, but still, it was an overall, you know, sad movie. But you know what? Enough with the depressive movies, okay? I swear they weren't all sad. Actually, one of my favorite movies out of the entire weekend was one called Put Your Feet Up, which is, I want to say, an accidental love story. Put Your Feet Up is about a man who has a fetish to be a woman's footstool and a woman who is asexual. The premise is a woman answers a Craigslist ad to be a gentleman's footstool because she's actually a writer who's writing a book on the spectrum of sexuality and spectrum of fetishes. And she wants to exchange one hour of him being a footstool with one hour of him telling his story. So basically, as the film develops, we find out that when he was a kid, his teacher made him be his classmate's footstool at the front of the class as a punishment. And at first, the act wasn't sexual at all. But then when he becomes a teenager, we learn that he learned how to break into people's houses because his dad was a locksmith and taught him a few tricks of the trade. And the reason why he was breaking into people's houses is because his dad got up and left and got a new family, which caused him to rebel because he was angry and he was frustrated. But he didn't steal anything. It was just kind of going into people's houses and seeing what was in it. So anyways, one of the times that he was in someone's house, the owner came home, which made him drop to his hands and knees. And while he was waiting there, he realized that the owner never came in. And it turned out that she had only pulled into the driveway to get the mail and then she left. And in his story, he describes that the owner was an attractive woman and that while he was on his hands and knees, he fantasized a scenario where she would come in and her punishment to him would be that he would have to be her footstool. And this was the incident where being a footstool actually became sexual. The movie continues with more visits, more footstool time, and more information about the main characters, and you find out that his marriage failed for reasons, but of course one of the reasons was because he couldn't build up the courage to tell his wife that he really secretly wanted to be her footstool, and that one of his biggest fantasies was to have her be tired and ask her to be her footstool for her. So... Long story short, after the characters warm up to each other, it ends with the lady one day calling him unexpectedly and saying that she's had a long day and that she was tired. And at first, when he gets to the house, he doesn't get it at all. Like, he starts saying, like, can I make you a coffee? And immediately starts doing stuff in the kitchen. But she stops him and says, you could, but I'd really like to put my feet up. And then all of a sudden, it hits him that she's giving him the fantasy that he's always wanted. 
And honestly, the whole exchange was just super cute because he was so happy to get on all fours and just be there for her. And then the movie ends with them on the back porch looking over the river holding each other. And what I love most about this movie is that the guy just didn't quite catch on right away, which to me made it so much more innocent and cute because he genuinely was ready to help her relax in her way, not seeing that she wanted to be there for him in his way. Thankfully, this movie was directly after the one with the married man who kept leading a double life. So I went from, you know, sad to happy and warm inside, which gave a pretty emotional roller coaster I wasn't expecting. But honestly, I feel like this event gave me all types of emotions because in one film, they poured wax in this woman's mouth. And I don't know if it's because she had a tongue ring or something, but I was just super uncomfortable watching this because personally, the harder things that are found within BDSM and kink or even actions that are being done on already open wounds just aren't my cup of tea. I'm personally one who prefers sticking to the basics and using my imagination So when I'm using wax, it's not in my mouth and certainly not on any part of my body that is open like a piercing because I've heard one too many infection stories. So the risks to me don't outweigh the benefits. But again, this is just my opinion. And if you're risk aware and want to do something like this, go for it because there's so many levels to BDSM and kink. But again, this event certainly kept me on my toes and I do appreciate the range of movies that the Kinky Collective team picked. It showed depth to what BDSM and kink is. But really two of my favorite moments of the weekend were the classes that were taught by the Ancillary Kink Support because those classes were absolutely packed with as much information and value as you could possibly pack into an hour and a half, which was amazing. I'm going to leave her contact information in the description, but she told me the easiest way to get in contact with her and her work is through her Patreon. But the classes that she taught were titled Erotic Expression, Using the Erotic to Uncover and Deconstruct Your Sexuality, which went into the differences between pornographic and erotic themes, the scope and impact pornography can have on us, and how we can deconstruct and uncover our sexual self through a microscopic study, which again was amazing. And the second class was titled Sexual Communication, Communication Practices to Enable Better Sexual Engagement, which went into outlining the goal of sexual communication, major hurdles of sexual communication, and how to help those hurdles. And during this class, Ancilla asked us how we define sexual activity and what our own definitions of sexual encounters versus sexual engagements are. Both of which are self-reflection questions that I want you to take a moment to answer for yourself because the more that we know about ourselves, the easier it is to not only seek what we want, but to articulate it to our partners. So in regard to how we define sexual activity, Some answers outline that genitalia needed to be involved, while other answers outline that only the feeling of desire needed to be cultivated. And these answers seem to be the cases for what does sexual encounters mean to you versus sexual engagement. But I'll leave you to answer these questions for yourself, and I suggest, you know, taking some time to think about it, because exploring our sexual self doesn't happen overnight, and remember, you're allowed to change your mind when you want to. In addition to the films and classes, 
There was erotic art and leather products that people could purchase. And actually, it was the leather products vendor, Tasma, who originally introduced me to this event. He had reached out to me after listening to my interview on Simon Anand's podcast, which really goes to show how far and how fast word of mouth can travel. But uh, Tasma creates leather and fetish accessories like corsets. There was harnesses. Actually, my husband picked one up and I picked up a wax body figure at myself. And he also had bracelets that turned into whips and a range of floggers, which are all handcrafted from India. You can find his account on Instagram at T-A-S-S-M-A dot I-N, Tasma dot N on Instagram again. And I highly encourage you to check him out. And in regards to the erotic art that was featured, it was all artwork that featured members of the Kinky Collective, which I found pretty wholesome. And honestly, it's just so amazing to see the hard work being done in Delhi. And if there was anything I could ever do, I'd love to do that because as you know, I certainly agree that we all have a kinky person inside of us, even if it's in hibernation. So if you haven't gone to an erotic film festival before, I hope this helps. And, you know, remember to go in with an open mind and an open heart and know that you don't need to like or agree with everything. But remember, even with the films that you don't like, know that someone out there put on a lot of time, effort and love into their work. So don't be disrespectful. But real quick before I wrap up here, I just want to give a special shout out to Joy and Addie for meeting me before the event so we could actually meet in person. I had a great conversation with them and honestly didn't even realize that we were out for something like three or four hours. But I'm so happy to experience a Kinky Collective event firsthand and I hope to experience more in the future. But that's it for me and my experience at the Erotic Edge Expanded event in Delhi. I look forward to experiencing more kinky events all around the world and even hosting them myself. But for now, be sure to tune back in on Monday as I bring back on Dr. Andrew Berrylook to continue our conversation on nutrition and how it affects our sexual and overall health. Once again, this episode is jam-packed with education, so be ready to take notes. And if you're new here or to the BDSM and kink scene and are looking to take your first step into your kinky wellness journey, first make sure to learn the basics. If you need help with that, you can always get my BDSM and kink e-learning at www.thepartition.life where I make it easy to learn your partnership, impact, and plan and prep basics. And if you want to stay connected, follow me on Instagram at thepartition underscore life where I post all the kinky things I know and the things I get to know. You can also find me on FetLife at Dana Shergal. But that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. And as always, stay kinky.